This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It was perfect, beyond perfect, and yet, and yet, at the same time, it still somehow didn't seem like it was enough. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Penguins 5, Flyers 4 in overtime, and forget all that. Because one Sidney Patrick Crosby scored his 500th NHL goal. And if you're getting into what might have been an ideal scenario, if you're one of those who was hoping that he wouldn't score in Ottawa, that he wouldn't score in Newark, that he'd save it for this night. Well, well, <laughs> how about, how about Sid almost dropping to a knee on a power play from a bad angle on a pass from Evgeny Malkin against the Flyers in front of a boisterous crowd in Pittsburgh with his teammates flooding off the bench to congratulate him on mass. How about in the second period when the Penguins put up a video that they'd spliced together beforehand, but they grafted on the 500th goal at the end, and then having a video message come from Mario Lemieux, and having everyone who was under this roof so moved by it that you saw the four on-ice officials clapping. You saw the Penguins standing and tapping their sticks. I saw a couple of the Flyers doing it, but I won't tell. This was amazing. All of it really was. Here's Sid after the game. Yeah, I was just uh, happy and excited. Um, yeah, just kind of been hovering around it here for a few games. So it was, uh, you know, a lot of fun to be able to, to do it at home. And with all the guys coming on the ice like that, that's something I'll uh, I'll definitely always remember. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's basically what was going through my mind. Just, you know, a lot of uh, joy and just happy and trying to take in the moment. He couldn't stop smiling. I don't know how else to put that. No matter what he was discussing, even something that had nothing to do with anything about the 500th goal, he couldn't stop smiling. It was the look, the sound, the feel of real accomplishment. And I got to tell you, having covered this extraordinary young man's entire career, 
That was a rare sight. This is someone who's climbed every hockey mountain that exists from Vancouver to Sochi, from San Jose to Nashville, here in Pittsburgh. He's done everything. And he's done it with the expected class, humility, deference. But he's also never really acted as if he's made it to a certain goal individually. And this, this kind of felt like that a little bit. And that in and of itself was amazing. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. There's a strange splitting of the senses that's required when you're around Sid on a regular basis and know that on one hand, he expects greatness of himself and yet never really purports to see himself that way, nor does he act anything remotely that way. Listen to Sullivan after this game. It's been an incredible journey for me as uh you know, to be the coach of the Penguins in particular, to, to coach Sid, you know, he's uh, first and foremost, he's just such a terrific person. Uh, he's, for me, it's a lot of fun to work with him and develop a partnership with him and uh, in our leadership group uh, over the time that I've been here. You know, I've had the privilege of seeing a fair amount of milestones over over this time here with, uh, with respect to Sid, I thought tonight might be the most special one for me. It's such an honor to be to be part of of his personal milestone. I thought it was so cool just to see the reaction of the players and the fans. And uh, he's just so deserving. That that's the way I, I look at it. I, I just think Sid he just represents everything that's right about our game. His humility, the way he carries himself, his work ethic. He, you know, his, his team first. Uh, attitude and approach. He leads by example. Uh, he, he just represents everything that's right about our game. And, and so to, to be a, to have an opportunity and, and or for me to have the privilege of being his coach over the last seven years and and winning some Stanley Cups with him and, and then having the, the opportunity to experience some of his personal milestones along the way has just been an unbelievable honor for me. Yeah, do you like that? Everything that's right about our game. Beautiful line. He's used it before, but never in this context. And when you see Sid in this scene, in this dramatic setting, with 19,000 people losing their minds, and the loudest sound that's been made in that building, since Chris Kunitz destroyed the Ottawa franchise permanently. And then on top of that, to see Sid's mom and dad in the crowd, to hear the reaction that they got from the crowd when they were shown, because we don't know nearly as much about them, do we? We never really had a chance to 
give them the big collective civic hug the way we did with Gino's parents. To see all that, you're reminded still that this is someone who is unto himself a wonderful story. Yeah, Troy Crosby made it to the NHL, goaltender for the Canadians. But it's not as if Sid came from some spectacular, predictable set of bloodlines where you would know that greatness was being bestowed upon him. This was much more of a Walter slash Wayne Gretzky type of story. A Jean-Guy slash Mario Lemieux type of story. And there's got to be that point. Even for the greatest of the great, even for the most humble of those who are the greatest of the great, to step back and say, wow, wow, look what I did. And I got to tell you, that's what I sensed in that room. Never could have seen that coming. But I'm so, so glad I did. And I'm so, so glad now, especially in retrospect, that this happened in Pittsburgh. It's been a long couple of years for the whole planet, but for us too. Things had been awfully quiet and, you know, mostly a pretty big bummer. This felt like one of those beautiful reminders of enjoying everything that you experience in life, of appreciating the good instead of always focusing in on the bad. And we have been, from a sports standpoint, in this city, so very blessed. Count those blessings. Count them today. Count all the way to 87. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q, in the spirit of focusing on all of the happiness and the joy and everything else that comes with a night like last night, Mario Lopez asks, please tell me Ron Hextall is working the phones so that Casey DeSmith and Kasperi Kapanen can be sent packing. Someone from Wilkes-Barre Scranton couldn't possibly do worse than number 42 right now. Oh, man, that's just perfect. That's just perfect. Uh, You know, it's not unfair. It's not uncalled for. That game last night, as Sid told me himself afterward, could have spoiled everything. You know, as as he said, and Latang essentially echoed, 
nobody wants to have a night like that where you have something that momentous and then constantly have it, forever have it, in the back of your minds that it was a loss. And that includes the people who were in the seats. I will say that, for the most part, what had gone wrong for the Penguins in falling behind 4-2 to two was not something you could pinpoint on any individual or individuals. The team was, uh, how do I put this, kind of high-strung. Sullivan referred to it as being maybe a little excessively emotional. They kind of lost their bearings. They lost their sense of control that they need to have whenever they're playing disciplined the way they had for the better part of the previous two games in Ottawa and Newark. They lost that. They went a little loco like everyone did. DeSmith didn't look great through Philadelphia's 4-2 lead. But when the Flyers had a pretty untimely, from the Pittsburgh perspective, power play in the middle of the third period, and it was clear that DeSmith was going to have to make a save at some point, he made a beauty on Morgan Frost through a screen, uh, fought to make sure he could see it, and gloved it. Thing was ticketed, too. And within a minute after that, he slid over to neatly cut off a Claude Giroux one-timer. Giroux was really feeling it. This dude really wants to get traded. And overall, the backup goaltender played like a backup goaltender, which brings us back to that same debate we've been having for months now, which is, is having just a backup goaltender good enough to enter a Stanley Cup playoff with? I don't think it is. Then there's Kapanen continuing to cross the opponent's blue line and pirouette backward, passing up shots, making drop passes, uh, turning himself into a human drop pass by spinning around and skating backward instead of utilizing some of the NHL's greatest speed. Dude's got so many weapons, just doesn't want to use them. And as a result, he almost singularly is killing that second line. I've liked Malkin's game. I've liked McGinn with Malkin. I wouldn't insist on it or swear by it, but they've been okay. Kapanen's just been the black hole there. Now, I know you were kidding, or at least I think you were kidding about the demotion. There's no way that happens. But if you're seeing with your own eyes over the course of five-eighths of a season, that this player isn't a fit for this team, never mind fitting in with a single line, you got to think about moving him. And I don't think you'll get a mint for him. Certainly don't think you'll get a first-round pick back for him. But you can move him. You can move him for a player who might be able to help you, who might be able to give you more of what, oh, let's say what Evan Rodriguez was giving the team until pretty much vanishing over the past two months. You need some additional depth scoring. I think you can reasonably count on McGinn to do that, Danton Heinen to do that, Teddy Bluger when he comes back. But I'll keep saying this again and again and again until it happens. I would take Jeff Carter and move him to right wing next to Malkin. Let everybody figure out everything else from there. 
There's no point in hamstringing a superstar who looks like he's ready to put out like a superstar. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. I'm heading up to Toronto later today to cover the game against the Maple Leafs tomorrow night.